And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. the end of the week we managed to get this far welcome everybody we are live from the bunker my name is jason hunt i am the editor here at sci-fi for me where we have a lot of things going on we are broadcasting live to facebook youtube and odyssey so if you're with us live, you can join the chat. If you're live with us on Odyssey, you can join the chat, but only if you have your own channel. It's part of their anti-bot security. Uh, and we do want to welcome everybody who listens to this show as a podcast, because this show is available as a podcast, and it's on a number of different player platforms. Want to welcome our new listeners in France. We have people listening to this program all over the world, and we do appreciate all of you stopping by and giving us your time and attention. <sighs> what a week it's been, yeah? So yesterday we had Clint Stoker on to talk about his new Dracula comic book that he's just launched yesterday on Indiegogo and I think he's he's already over his he's either very close or he's already gone over his goal I gotta look but uh, congratulations to uh, to Clint for the successful launch of his book and by the by today marks uh, the 125th anniversary of Bram Stoker's Dracula being published so uh, I sent a note to Clint, Clint this morning. I said, "This is th- th- there was there's a marketing opportunity here <laughs> because you know one Dracula book comes out and the anniversary of the other Dracula book." So we'll see if he does anything with that. Now, uh, yesterday also uh, the fact that we were talking to Clint about his Dracula book, I had a guest on. Uh, it didn't feel appropriate that I would say anything about. The shooting in San Antonio, and I'm not going to spend a great deal of time on it, but I think I would be remiss if I didn't at least make some kind of a comment because, you know, media and whatnot. I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to get into the politics of it or, or the the social aspects or anything like that. I will only say this. I will encourage everyone to take a breath, take a step back and not be so ready to jump to any conclusion because the story will play out and the story will evolve, the story will change as we get more information. So I just would offer encouragement to take a measured approach with all of this and remember also that the media lies to you. So... Just keep that in mind when you're looking at all of the coverage of this, because it's already been politicized, even even inside the 24-hour. We didn't even get past 24 hours, and it was already a political football. So just just take a breath. Everybody just take a breath. Uh, I did go down a rabbit hole last night, and that's actually what prompted this uh, this discussion today. So I'm, I'm going through, and I, I can't even remember how I got to it. Oh yeah, somebody somebody mentioned it on Facebook in a, in in the Starlog group, talking about some different things and mentioned this movie from 1983, and it feels a little appropriate that we would be talking about something. It it doesn't have anything to do with with what happened in San Antonio, but overall, as we discuss uh, and and watch what happens in 
global politics and American politics and, the, and, and society at large and, the, and, and all of the, the social issues as well as, as political and, and whatever. I'm struck by a couple of things. And, and this, this shooting in San Antonio is, is a symptom. It is, uh, it is a, an example of how our society has lost its way in terms of faith and family. Because you look at the history of things and you take a deep dive into these, these events, these kind of events, and the, and the people who are responsible are generally of a type. And you look at broken homes you look at you know yes you have you have to have the mental health issue conversation but uh, a key component to good mental health is a stable family and and I will die on that hill and I know my kid is a child of divorce and it had its effect on him and it's had its effect on me and it's had effect on his mother and everybody that's involved you know that that kind of thing has an impact and that's something that does need to be taken into consideration with all of this so it's not just one thing and i'll leave it at that all right so i mentioned I mentioned the starlog group i rabbit holed yesterday there was somebody somebody who mentioned a movie in the starlog group the, the other day and i actually ended up because some it's it's apparently on youtube and i and i started watching it last night and i was up too late, later than I should have been, <clears throat> which is usually the case, right? It's a movie called Special Bulletin from 1983, and I don't know if any of you, um, oh, Cam, Cam 113 says, don't say that hill phrase, Twitter will ban you. Well, um, okay, I will, I will make a note. I don't, uh, I don't want to get, well, would being banned from Twitter be a bad thing, though? Really? I mean, on the one hand, it's kind of a badge of honor because it puts you in this club, right? On the other hand, it you know, it it also well, it means time away from Twitter, and I I don't know that I would mind that so much. But anyway, this this movie, uh, Special Bulletin, this is from 1983, and I remember watching this. This was this was on NBC on a Sunday night, and it it came on. I want to say it came on at at uh, eight o'clock our time. We were living in 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 Texas, and Special Bulletin is a film about a terrorist organization who steals a boat and has a homemade nuclear device in the harbor at Charleston, South Carolina. And it's played out War of the Worlds style. Those of you who are aware... Uh, you may know that uh, Orson Welles and the the Mercury Theater on the Air were on CBS Radio in 1939-1938 with their dramatization of War of the Worlds. And everybody thought that this was a real news broadcast and aliens from Mars were invading and people were shooting at water towers and panic in the streets and stuff on a Halloween night. So it's very much in that same vein. It's done, presented as a newscast, interrupting various programs and whatnot, and we're live in this kind of thing. And it was done really well. Especially if you missed the disclaimer at the beginning that says, this is a dramatization. Because throughout the rest of the program, there's nothing that indicates this is a dramatization until you get quite a ways in, and they'd have a slide that they'd run in a commercial broadcast, you know, the commercial pod, every now and again. But if you missed it, then you're watching a newscast 
people you don't know, and, and and that should have been my first clue, people you don't know, talking about terrorists in Charleston, South Carolina. Now, for those who were not around back then, or for those who were too young to remember back then, 1983 was the height of the Cold War. I mean, we were we were in in to win. Ronald Reagan was president. The Soviet Union was the evil empire. I mean, they, we, we we could we could go into World War III at any moment. I mean, the Democrats were all over the fact that Ronald Reagan was this senile old man who had his finger on the button. He was a cowboy. He was just ready to ready to touch things off. That's where we were in the 80s. Geopolitically, at least. And this movie comes out that plays on that fear. And it's, it's very well done. And I remember sitting and watching it, and something in my head said, this doesn't feel right. Of course, I'm 13, so I'm, I'm not brilliant or anything like that. But, you know, I'm... I'm Flip the channels and nobody else is covering this. What's going on? And my mother comes in and she's watching for a little bit. She's like, what, what, what is this? Because, you know, a lot of people, if they miss the disclaimer, we were at church. We got home. The show was on. You miss the disclaimer. You miss that little teeny tiny thing that says, this is fake. And what do you believe? It's the modern day equivalent. Cam, Cam mentioned it's funny you don't hear those complaints today. The modern day equivalent is the websites, the, the parody websites and the satire websites that really do look legitimate and you have to go down into the fine print or into the About Us section to get some clarification that these actually are parody satire sites as opposed to legitimate news. And yes, Sci-Fi Snob, Day After Tomorrow, that actually was shot here in Kansas City, I believe, in, in uh, Kansas City and Lawrence. Nicholas Meyer. And I just finished reading... Not too long ago, I just finished reading *A Last Babylon* again. I highly recommend it. But that's where we were in the '80s. We were on the brink of World War III, nuclear disaster. <clears throat> but other things came out of the 1980s as well, and. <laughs> Sci-Fi Snob says, The Babylon Bee is more accurate than CNN. They're just a few weeks in the future. Isn't that the truth, right? Jack says, If the 80s come back, it'll be an alternate 80s. It'll be like Spock's goatee version of what the 80s could have been, but with a senile old man who's trying to start nonsense with China and Russia. Well, see, and that's the thing. A lot, you know, I, I go back to the age thing. I don't know how old any of you are. I'm 52. I remember the late 70s. Uh, I was three when we had uh, the real crunch at the, at the gas stations and the, the lines of cars. But that was going on in the 1970, in 1979. Carter was president. We had the hostage situation in Tehran. Where they had, you know, 79, 79 Americans held at the embassy for 444 days. But coming out of that, we got Nightline. We got ABC Nightline. 79, we also got Star Trek The Motion Picture. We also got uh, Mrs. Boss was born in 79. I, I have memories of inflation... And the disastrous attempt to rescue the hostages. And I've been told a story about that of, uh, very recently about what actually happened on that. It's second and third hand 
accounts, but uh, I don't have I don't have any reason to question the veracity of it. <clears throat> it was a disaster because Carter didn't know what he was doing, and the parallels between then and now are striking. We have an incompetent president asterisk. We have disastrous foreign policy. We have hostages, essentially, in Afghanistan. The Cold War seems to be heating up again because, you know, tensions with Russia, tensions with China. What's old is new again, right? By the 80s, from a, especially from a genre standpoint, the 80s gave us a lot of stuff. Besides the personal computer, I mean, you've got Apple introducing the Macintosh in 1984. On January 1st, Apple computers will introduce Macintosh. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. No, it wasn't. It just took a little while. Uh, yes, a sandstorm did take out the rescue choppers, and the people who were operating the rescue choppers told the president at the time, this is a bad idea, there's a sandstorm coming, we're not going to be able to fly, and President Carter said, I'm the president of the United States, you do what I tell you, you go. Without any regard for the situation on the ground, I have it told to me that President Carter says, you you do what I say or else. Because Carter needed a win. Because that was, you know, we were ramping up. We were, it was election year. Carter needed a win. And he didn't get it. He got told by the, by the uniforms on the ground that there was a sandstorm coming. And he didn't care. And soldiers died. That's the legacy of Jimmy Carter. He, he's, he's perfectly fine. You want to go build your houses with Habitat for Humanity. He's done so much more as a humanitarian than he ever did as a president. And yes, he, was, he wasn't necessarily indecisive. I'd say he was incompetent because his policies led to bad economics. Bad economy. And that's what we're seeing now. Sure, we've had a pandemic. <clears throat> the response to which has been questionable at best. But what came out of the age? Besides the Apple Macintosh computer, we had personal computers. We've got all of these, all of these, uh, all of these innovations that came out. We got the internet. You know, it started off as as bulletin boards. You remember AOL bulletin boards? You remember those? D I've, I've probably still got a couple of CDs to install AOL on my computer. Yeah. What? We got cable. But the 80s were an interesting time because, you know, we had... You, th you think about everything that we that we got. The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. We got uh, E.T., Indiana Jones, The Goonies, uh, Ghostbusters, The Thing, Predator, Total Recall, Aliens, Romancing the Stone, all the Stallone stuff, all the Schwarzenegger stuff, Escape from New York... You know, we had we had all of these action movies, the TV shows. We had Knight Rider. We had uh, what else did we get? The Rocketeer was in the nineties. It was a time where yes, and and for us in our formative years, you know, the eighties being our teen years. It has a it has an impact. You also think about what kind of music we had in the eighties. You know, Van Halen and Guns N' Roses and <clears throat> Rick Astley. <clears throat> Prince. 
know, David Bowie was having a ha- having some some good years there. Madonna, th- there was there was a lot of stuff that was going on in the eighties. The eighties was a time of just innovation and flourishing everywhere in in our in our technology, in our entertainment. Yeah, Debbie Gibson, <clears throat> Tiffany. I remember who was it? Was it? I think it was Tiffany that was doing the mall concerts. You remember those? NES, New Kids on the Block, the boy bands. Remember, remember Menudo? <laughs> you remember Menudo? Yes. Ricky Schroeder was growing up on our TV screens. We had the Cosby Show. We had Magnum PI. The A Team. Yes, Family Ties. Silver Spoons. We also had Prozac went on sale in 1987. And and, and that kind of goes back. In the 80s, we also started to see, and I don't know if there was a particular thing that tied to it, but in the 80s, we also started to see a rise in broken homes. But is there an opportunity here? Because if you look at the geopolitical and and economic situation as it is now, and compare it to how it was in in the mid to late 70s, it tracks, at least to me, that there's an opportunity for innovation. There's an opportunity for a creative renaissance. And I don't mean more prequels. And I don't mean more remakes. I mean actual creativity and innovation and ingenuity and invention of something new. New stories to tell. We're seeing that a little bit with Comicsgate as as an example. With indie comics where people are sitting there saying, I'm not going to work for Marvel and DC anymore. I'm not going to do what... what you know, I'm not going to work for Image or Top Cow or, or Dynamite or anything. I'm going to go do my own thing. Substack and Indiegogo and, and Kickstarter, and you've got all of these all of these independent creators who are making their own thing, and they can control their their intellectual property. Now, all of the stuff that came out of the '80s, we're not going to see that again. But we are, I think. On the cusp, we're, we're starting to see this, this renaissance of creativity that we haven't seen since the 80s and early 90s. What about says the change will only happen via the indies and foreign creators in countries. I'm not, I'm not too sure about the foreign creators, possibly, uh, but yeah, it. I I think the indies. I mean, indie film. I mean, look at uh, uh, everything, everywhere, uh, all the time, or, or the, you know, the new Michelle Yeoh thing. That's not a studio. I mean, it's a twenty-four, but they're they're not one of the big gargantuan studios. Uh, Jack says, this is why 3D printing will usher a new renaissance. I have one. I've printed my own tabletop game with minis. 3D printing is truly going to revolutionize our society. I, I agree. I think, I think, well, and as technology advances in this time period, we'll get the same kind of thing, I think, as we did with the 80s with the, you know, the, the invention of the personal computer and the internet and cell phones. It may be something else, something different. 3D technology, of course, is going to be something. I think VR, for whatever whatever you may think about the metaverse and the virtual reality and augmented reality, that's, that's going to be a thing that people are going to have to deal with. I personally am not going to have anything to do with it. But that's coming. And when that gets here, folks... 
the surveillance state will be on steroids. Do you think it's bad now? You know, you listen to some of the stuff they're talking talking about in Davos this this week, the World Economic Forum, where you know they're putting microchips in drugs to make sure that you take them and track when you take your medicine, and and having some kind of an app that lets you track your personal carbon footprint. You 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 can't you can't convince me that that's not part of some insidious insidious surveillance state program. Uh, what about, says, uh, talking about South Korea TV shows and movies, uh, saw that based on Critical Drinker's recommendation. Uh, didn't like it, but the showcase, the reality of a multiverse, much better than Disney Marvel. Oh, 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 you're talking about every everything everywhere all at once. I still, I still need to see it. I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm interested. I'm, I want to see it mainly because short rounds in it. Uh, Jack says, I worry about South Korea following the Japanese with their TV shows and movies. I hope they don't. I do see some similarities in their latest films. I, I have to admit, I'm not up to speed on South Korean or Japanese programming. So, uh, I, I, I don't get out much. But I do think that there's an opportunity here for some innovation. I do think that some creativity is on the horizon. If we can get past this dearth of prequels, then maybe, maybe... There's some hope. Maybe. I don't know. We'll talk more about it on the other side of the break. Stand by. Our transmitters are made from hand wavium. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. The concept of flying cars uh-huh. is just a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. It is a disastrous idea. People can't drive on a level, flat surface, yeah. let alone, you know, it's uh, trust me this is one of those things where you want con to be thinking two-dimensionally the h2o podcast monday night at eight only on sci-fi for me tv foreign bodies saturday at 1 p.m eastern only on sci-fi for me tv back live from the bunker Jason and I here along with all of you. Good to have you with us on this Thursday. Coming up on Saturday, we've got Good Morning Multiverse, Saturday morning at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern. At a Foreign Bodies at 1 p.m. Eastern, so, so check that out. We will not have a bunker on Monday with it being Memorial Day, but uh, we're probably going to go ahead and do an H2O that night. So uh, be, be, uh, be watching our socials for, for updates on that. Uh, Cam1138 says, I have a theory about Star Wars killing creativity. Um, I'm curious what your theory is. Because I do think that Star Wars in general had a, had an impact on Hollywood that is not always necessarily good. Yes, we had the innovations of technology, and then we had everything else with merchandising and trilogies and sequels and franchises and all that other stuff, and and. and for all that Spaceballs has not aged that well, uh, this this scene with yogurt talking about merchandising that always comes back into my brain when talk, we're talking about franchises, because it's it 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 has evolved into a chase 
for the dollar as opposed to uh, creative satisfaction for a lot of people. I, I think that when you look at how uh, how the the entertainment space has evolved over time, there's a lot more focus on exploitation rather than entertainment. So... That, that's just that's just me. Cam says, uh, it's not really that insightful. It opened everyone's eyes and spawned endless copies, but then it sort of drained into just doing more of the same. We still keep chasing more Star Wars in a very limited way. Yeah, and as long as, as, long as people uh, continue to buy the story, you know, buy the product, how, however flawed the product is, as long as people keep buying the product, they'll keep making the product. Um... And you're right about the obsession with the Skywalker saga. And, and they've even made the point, you know, with, with Leslie Headland's The Acolyte being an example of that, is, is we need to get away from the Skywalker arc because it does limit you in terms of what storytelling that you can do. Because if you're just focused on this one family out of a, out of a whole galaxy of characters, it does limit you creatively. Um, Jack says, I have a similar theory. My theory is that they allowed for studios to get complacent. Now it's all the Star Wars killer, the Halo killer, the Lord of the Rings killer. I, well, I think, I think, uh, part of it, part of it comes from, uh, my, my theory. Hello, Keely. Good to see you. Part of it comes from the fact that you've got people who do not want to acknowledge that they're getting older. And they want to hang on to that one thing from their childhood that defines their their time growing up. We talk about all of this stuff that we had in the 80s, you know, Escape from New York and The Wrath of Khan and Empire Strikes Back. And we have... Um, wait, What? Is that a six or an eight? Sorry, folks. I just, I I I had a I had a shiny over on uh, over on Odyssey. It looked like we had uh, jumped to hundred and eighty followers for a second there. I was like, that's not right. Is it? No, we didn't get we didn't jump up to hundred and eighty overnight. Can't be. Can't be. No, it's 160. All right. I'm not losing my mind. But all of this stuff that came out of the 80s... See, I'm, I'm not going to forget my place either. All of this stuff we had coming out of the 80s was driven by stuff that had come before, but it was an answer to stuff. It was influenced by stuff. And, and yes, uh, Cam, you said Lucas was inspired by what came before. We aren't inspired by Star Wars. We just repeat it. And you're going to get your copycats. And back in the 80s, we got the copycats. We got Ice Pirates. And we got, um, what was the what was that one with uh, with Barry Bostwick? Megatrax or whatever. You're going to have the copycats. You know, Battle Beyond the Stars with, uh, with John Boy. You know, it, it, it's inevitable. So... You have that, but I, I think it's not really so much a fact that we're copying and repeating. It's we're stuck. We don't know how to tell any other story other than what we've what we've seen in the last 20, 30 years. And it's and it's I think an indicator of a broader problem in our society because this goes back to our, our, our conversation about cancel culture. You know, the, the people who are in charge of the various different studios, the public publishing houses and the editorial boards and, and that sort of thing, you have this, resistance to a variety of thought political thought ideological thought religious thought economic thought uh, 
conformity has to be the order of the day because if you don't conform, you get canceled. If you don't toe the toe the party line, and you know, we'd say that Macintosh 1984 won't be like 1984. Well, no, but it did start the ball rolling because the the innovations of the internet and what we have now brings us to the surveillance state. It brings us to these little these little computers in your pocket monitoring every single thing that you do, all of the sites that you visit, all of the people you talk to, all of the emails that you send. We live in a world with Skynet and we don't even know it. And we don't even think about it. We allow things like Alexa and Siri into our homes without any kind of buy your leave. We don't even, we don't even think about it. Wireless technology to give us security cameras and, you know, the ring doorbell. All of these things that are innovations for convenience. They're points of vulnerability. And don't think for a moment that the government is not collecting all of this information. Remember that the Internet, the whole, the whole idea of the Internet started... As government research, DARPA, various universities, that's where it started. It was a Defense Department project. Don't think they don't still have their hands in it. Somewhere. And I know, that sounds a little conspiracy theory. I get my tinfoil hat on. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I can't reach it. My tinfoil hat's over on the bar. Well, oh, 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 see, this is why I have Mrs. Boss. She, she helps. She's, yes, she's young enough. She's young enough that uh, the Pops and Creeks haven't started yet. I put my tinfoil hat on. Is that, does that work? Camp says Star Wars was overwhelmingly successful. This is just a side effect. I, I agree. I think it's I think it's one of those things where um, people saw that and said, "I want that. I want to duplicate." You know, the studios saw what what happened, and they said, "We need to have that kind of thing." Oh, Snob says the hat won't work because there's a hole in the top. Well, all right. But I think as we go on, I think as we get into this economic and political mess, somewhere there is somebody who is crafting the next hopeful story as an anti as an antidote as a as a note that sits there and says it can be better it must be better we have to do better those those inspirational stories those those high energy superversive stories to to use richard palinelli's word those stories are there. There's potential for those stories. Those stories are being told. You know, whether it's two-fisted manly men stories or, you know, the action-adventure stuff. They're out there. We just have to, we have to find them. We have to, we have to highlight them. We have to put the spotlight on them. We have to encourage those storytellers. We have to find the next Steven Spielberg, the next Brian De Palma, 
Because J.J. Abrams ain't it. Alex Kurtzman is not going to be the one to turn things around. We need stories that lift us up. We need stories where we have heroes, good guys. Whether the good guys are fighting the system or good guys are fighting the bad guys. And the bad guys need to be clearly delineated. I don't need a history to explain away why the bad guy is a bad guy. The bad guy is the bad guy. That's all we need. Culturally, we have gotten away from this notion that there is such thing as good and evil. Evil was full-on display in San Antonio this week. Buffalo, last week. There is such a thing as evil. And evil will win unless good is very, very smart. And right now, good's not being very smart. Good is still standing at the starting line, and evil is all the way around the third corner of the, of the track. We have to tell those stories that inspire us to do better and be better. They give us hope. And you have those, those stories out of the 80s where you had heroes. You had the good guys. I mean, Michael Knight, champion... Luke Skywalker, James T. Kirk, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. We need heroes again. And I think if we're, if we're dialed into the parallel that right now we're in the midst of the 70s on steroids... And old President Asterisk is going to get us into a world of hurt before he's done. Before his handlers are done. An 80s type of renaissance could be around the corner. Maybe. Maybe we get a new... Knight Rider type of story. Escape from New York type of story. Not repeats of those. Not the A-Team 2. But new stories with new characters. New settings. New environments. New, new ways of entertaining us that build on what's come before, that are inspired by what's come before, but isn't just a rehash of what's come before. We're not going to just reheat the leftovers and hope for the best. we got to come up with stuff with, with new stuff, new universes, new stories, new books, new comic books, new movies, new TV shows, Enough with the prequels, enough with the sequels, enough with the franchises. I get it. You want to make money. Okay. Go let the studios do their thing with the franchises. And you people that are out there who have the idea, whatever that idea is. Book, movie, comic book, video game, board game. Carpentry tool architectural design, medical technique, any, any kind of innovation, any kind of inspired thought. What if? That's the question that we need to be asking. What if this, that, the other? What if we had this combination of things? What if I had this hero in this setting for this story? Tell those stories. Write those books. Write those comic books. Design those games. 
Give us heroes. Heroes who have values that we can admire and emulate. And we can sit there and we say, why can't we do better? In the midst of all of this that's going on, we have to have heroes that inspire us. And, and, and not political heroes, cultural heroes too. We have to have people that stand up and say, we can be better. We have to have good guys that we can admire and emulate and hold up as examples and say, this, this, this here, this story inspires me to do better, inspires me to be better. Now I haven't even I haven't even started on the need for faith. But that's a component of this too. The fact that church attendance has gone down 60% in the last 30 or 40 years, that's a significant thing too in terms of what kind of stories we're telling. What kind of heroes are we able to have? If we're not a culture that recognizes good and evil, then our stories are going to reflect that as well. And we get these nuanced villains, and we get these heroes who are multi-dimensional, they're flawed and, and whatever. We get the anti-hero. No, give me a good guy. Give me a guy in a white hat who says we will do the thing we need to do because it's the right thing to do. We need Michael Knight. We need James T. Kirk. We need the A-team. We need heroes. People who can sit there and say, this is the right thing to do. Not necessarily the correct thing to do. Because that's a different thing. The right thing to do. We need the Lone Ranger. We need Zorro. We need Ellen Ripley. We need Superman. The big blue boy scout. The actual real Superman. We need the Green Hornet. Luke Skywalker, Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers. We need those heroes. David versus Goliath. We need the good guy. And the 80s was full of good guys. And we're on the cusp, I think, of a resurgence, I hope, a resurgence in entertainment that gives us good guys. And maybe someone out there who's within the sound of my voice, you know, not the Seth Rogen Green Horner, no, absolutely not. Cam says the lack of those ideals being portrayed is now evident in a generation that has bastardized them. Yes, it's it's all been corrupted because patriarchy or or ists and phobes and and whatever, right? Political ideology has ruined everything. You can't tell a good story because somebody will get offended. We have to get past that. We need good guys. We need heroes. And not just guys. We need heroines as well. We need Wonder Woman. We need Xena. Sometimes 
it's okay to look at things in black and white. And yes, Cam, you're right. The gray character has has become very popular because of all of this. It's because there is no moral certainty anymore. Because we sit there and we say, right and wrong, it's, it's truth. What is truth? People are on argue what truth is. Your truth, my truth, my lived reality, or whatever. That's nonsense. Truth is truth. Gravity exists. That's truth. If you want to sit there and deny gravity, that doesn't make it untrue. The sky is blue because of how various different elements of the atmosphere refract light. That's truth. If you want to sit there and look at me and tell me that the sky is orange, that doesn't make it true. We need good guys. We need heroes. And the 80s was full of them. And I'm hoping, knock on wood, I'm hoping that we get a few more that come out of all of this mess that we're dealing with now. We'll see. Time will tell. In the meantime, plant your gardens. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Uh, don't forget to uh, give us a like and share the video. Share the channel. We've got people that are regulars here. You guys... I'm I'm counting on you. Let's uh, let's get some word of mouth out there. Let's get some more some more uh, some more eyeballs on this stuff. I really do appreciate all of you coming back. Uh, all of the regulars here, uh, you guys are are a big part of why we keep doing this, and we do appreciate you giving us your time and attention like that. So, I I will I will uh, I will remind you, given given everything that's been going on this week. Give it time to play out. Keep your head on a swivel. Mind your manners. And there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.